33. I want to talk to you about something really different tonight. And um, uh, we, were, we preached out of the book of Daniel on Sunday and uh, on prayer. But as I was studying the book of Daniel, God, God uh, used that study to just challenge my heart about something that I want to share with the church. And it's something that I think that all of us need to know. And, and uh, we, need to know, we need to know what we believe uh, about this in the Word of God. And so Exodus chapter 33, I want to talk to you tonight about theophany, genuine or hoax. Now, theophany, what in the world, preacher, is a theophany? Well, a theophany is just a fancy word for meeting with God, somebody that God appears to them. Uh, we, you might hear the word Christophany, same thing, uh, that Jesus actually appeared to somebody. Uh, not, that he, not that he spoke to you through the Bible or, or that kind of thing, but that he actually appeared to you. And uh, we're hearing, it seems like we're hearing more and more about that in this day and time. And, and so we need, to, we need to know what we believe. We've been talking about answering the hard questions. And, uh, and you know, uh, when we started this series many, many weeks ago, uh, we started it because a very well-known religious uh, figure in America recently came out and, and his story was published all in the press and, and he said, you know what, I'm not really sure if I believe, uh, I'm not sure if I believe in Christianity anymore. I mean, this guy's a prominent figure. And then he said this, he said, there are just some, there are just some questions that are just too hard to answer. Well, when I read that, I thought, hmm, that's, that's you know what, that's a challenge uh, because I believe, personally, I don't believe there's any questions that can't be answered by the Word of God. And so, yes, there are some hard questions. There are, and there are some hard things to study out. But I believe that there's an answer in the Word of God concerning every question. So, so somebody says, Preacher, how do we know? You know how, how do we know if somebody actually has an experience? Uh, they said that God came and, and met with them. And so, uh, you know, how, how, do we, uh, how do we know if it's genuine or it's a hoax or it's make-believe or made up? Well, let's see if we can shed a little bit of light on that tonight. All right. And so you find your place in Exodus chapter 33. When you find your place, let me give you one last opportunity to stand. Exodus chapter 33. And look, if you will, please, at uh, verse number 17. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. For, thou shalt, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Man, what a story. And so basically God said, you know what, Moses, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to put you in the cliff of the rock, in a crack, in a, in a hole. That's, the cliff means hole. I'm going to put you in this, this hole between the rocks. And God said, I'm going to cover you with my hand. He said, I'm going to pass by. And he said, after I pass by, he said, I'll lift my hand 
And he said, I'll let you see, my, I'll let you see me from the back. But he said, you'll not see my face because any man sees my face can't live. And uh, now, you know what? That's glory. That's glory. And I'm, I'm disturbed. And I know that you are, are as well. I'm disturbed tonight by how glibly people talk about God. And you know what? This, this oh my God thing is not an accident. And so, you know what? That's all you ever hear now. OMG, OMG, OMG. It's the thing now. Everybody says it. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not saved, separated Christians. Now, they may say it when they're addressing God, but you know what? Uh, now, 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 you know what? There's something going, there's strategy behind that. You see, the devil, little by little by little, is trying to dumb down everything that has to do with God. So we're dumbing down our services now. And we're dumbing down our preaching now. We're dumbing down, you know, our worship now. And But the truth of the matter is, God hasn't changed. And God is just as glorious today as he was in Exodus chapter 33. God has not changed. He's still as powerful. He still is almighty. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight, this thing of theophany. People say, well, I saw God. God came to me. And uh, we, we sat down and had, we, we sat down and had us conversation. Me and the big man upstairs we had us had us a talk. No, you didn't either. So I'm going to show you tonight. I'm going to show you some people that really had a meeting with God, and we're going to compare the two. We're going to compare modern day. We're going to compare Scripture, and we're going to see if they match. I'm just going to give you a little preview. They don't. And so you may be seated tonight. And we'll jump right into the Bible study. Let's pray first and ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you for your blessings. And Lord, this is such a simple outline tonight. Most of it's just Bible, really. I'm just going to give your people Bible tonight. I have a few comments, but most of it's just Bible verses. And so, Father, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit now. Lord, I believe this is, I believe this is your will. And, and so we're going to go forward now. And I pray that you'd knit our hearts together and Lord, Brother Brandon is right. I, I know I'm, I'm preaching tonight to a weary crowd. Some of them started long before the sun came up. And so they're, they're weary, but they did the right thing. They came to the house of God tonight. They came hungry, came wanting to receive something. And I pray, Heavenly Father, they would not go home disappointed. And so, Lord, bless our time together and uh, give us the power of the Holy Spirit, not only the pastor, but the people. And I pray the Word of God would come alive in our hearts and our minds tonight. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. And you know what there are? There are truly many who would have us believe that God has physically appeared to them. A theophany or a Christophany. You'll hear people say that. Well, Jesus came to me the other night. And uh, you mean he spoke to your heart? No, he came to me. I mean, came in, came in the room with me and sat on the bed. And me and the Lord, we had a conversation. God came the other day, and God got in the car with me. Now, here again, I know that sometimes we make statements like that, uh, but I think most of the time you know what we're talking about. The Spirit of God deals with our heart, and we'll get into that a little bit more later on. But, uh, but we have people all over the place that are trying to make us think that God actually appeared to them physically. Uh, maybe he came to their bedroom or maybe he uh, appeared in their automobile or maybe through a near-death experience uh, just doing this study. 
and, and it's not hard to find. It's, it's everywhere out there. But I'm thinking about one evangelist in Zimbabwe that, that actually says this. He tells his people that he has God on speed dial. I have God on speed dial. And I'm thinking, well, that's no big deal. I've got God's phone number. Jeremiah 33, 3, uh, three, amen, calling to me and I'll show you the great and mighty things, amen. So, but but this, this evangelist gets in a meeting and claims that he dials God on the cell phone and you can go watch the services and he supposedly heals and all these kind of things. And then we have other uh, evangelists that say that uh, God told his followers to buy him a $54 million jet and, and it just, you know, and it, now, I mean, really, that's going on. It's going on today, all over the place. That's going on. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about, about that uh, tonight. And so first of all, I want to deal with some modern, uh, some so-called modern theophanies. And uh, the first one I want to deal with is a man by the name of Joseph Smith. Uh, Joseph Smith. Back in 1820, of course, Joseph Smith is the leader of the Mormon church, founder of the Mormon church, uh, and uh, Latter-day Saints. And I want to read you his testimony. These are his words. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of the spelling here is not even right. I'm just reading from his own writing here. And, uh, and so Joseph Smith claims that in 1820, that he had a theophany, that God appeared to him. And let me give you his, uh, his recollection. It says, and it came to pass when I was 17 years, years of age, I called again upon the Lord and he showed unto me a heavenly vision. For behold, an angel of the Lord came and stood before me. And it was by night and he called me by name. And he said, the Lord had forgiven me my sins. And he revealed unto me that in the town of Manchester, Ontario County, New York, there was plates of gold upon which there was engravings, which was engraven by Moroni or Morona, I don't know how you pronounce that, and his fathers, the servants of the living God in ancient days and deposited by the commandments of God and kept by the power thereof and that I should go and get them. And he revealed unto me many things concerning the inhabitants of the earth which since have been revealed in commandments and revelations. And it was on the 22nd day of September. Uh, and thus he appeared unto me three times in one night and once on the next day. And then I immediately went to the place and found where the place was deposited as the angel of the Lord had commanded me. So that was Joseph Smith's own testimony. That, those were his words. I'm just reading pretty much verbatim his words. And, uh, and so... Uh, he said that God actually came and God met with him. Well, then there's another fellow. And I, you know what, church? I'm not trying to be controversial tonight. I'm really not. I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there, amen. And you can just, this is sort of like army chow. I mean, you just stick your tray out and I just plunk it on there, all right? And, uh, but in the love of the Lord, amen, in the love of the Lord. Well, here's Oral Roberts' experience. And he, he said this. He said, I felt an overwhelming holy presence all around me. When I opened my eyes, there he stood, some 900 feet tall, looking at me. His eyes, oh, his eyes. He stood a full uh, 300 feet taller than the 600-foot tall city of faith. There I was, face to face with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, I've only seen Jesus once before, but here I was face to face with the King of Kings. He stared at me without saying a word. Oh, I'll never forget those eyes. And then he reached down 
put his hands under the city of faith, lifted it, and said to me, see how, e see how easy it is for me to lift it, Robert said. Roberts told his partner that he told Jesus he had taken the city of faith as far as he could. And Jesus' reply was, I told you at the beginning that you would not be able to build it yourself. I told you that I would speak to your partners and through them I would build it. Well, that's his recollection. Or Robert said he had a theophany that God came, Jesus came and actually met with him face to face and spoke with him face to face. Well, here's another fellow. And this is a lot more recent. This is a guy by the name of Evan Alexander. <clears throat> and Evan Alexander was a neurosurgeon. And on November the 8th, 2010, he suffered a, from a serious attack of bacterial meningitis and claims that he died and went to heaven. He wrote a book called The Proof of Heaven. It's interesting. Again, just reading this guy's story and reading different interviews and Alexander said this. He said that he never believed in God before this time. But when he died, he went to heaven. And then he did an interview with a talk show host by the name of Oprah Winfrey. And I want to read that interview if I could. This is Oprah Winfrey. She says, what, what, what that experience was like. Can you take us on that near-death journey? This is Dr. Alexander. Initially, he said, I was in this sort of vague, foggy, murky underground. It was kind of a hideous place. Well, I want to stop right there and say something. I don't sound like heaven to me. It does sound like another place. But it doesn't sound like heaven. Anything I've read about heaven is not hideous and murky. But anyway, anyway, let's go, let's go on here. Oprah said, Oprah said, do you remember being afraid? Dr. Alexander, well, initially, there was no memory of anything better. Well, that right there threw up a red flag to me. Every, you know what? We, we, we know in the Word of God, beyond a shadow of a doubt, when a person dies, they have memory. There was no memory of anything better, so it seemed okay, Oprah, because you didn't have a memory of a self or a family, the Dr. Alexander, right? I was just awareness, just a piece of awareness, and then Oprah says, this is fantastic. I love this. Dr. Alexander, then I was rescued by this spinning white light. And as it got closer, it expanded. Oprah, this sounds as crazy as it can be, but it opened up to you another dimension? Dr. Alexander, it did. Totally different. Oprah, so now you're going into another dimension where you met a guide a woman who led you on a journey on the wings of a giant butterfly into another world of inexplicable beauty. I'm not making this stuff up, church. This is Oprah Winfrey. Did you recognize her? This is the neurosurgeon, Dr. Alexander. No. She was very beautiful, and she was looking at me with, with the most loving smile. Oprah, what is the message you received? Tell us that. Here's the doctor's response. You are loved, deeply cherished forever. There is nothing you have to fear and you will always be loved and there is nothing that you can do wrong. Let me tell you something, church. That is a satanic message that is being sent out to the world that you know what? You're all right. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter if you don't believe. 
You're okay. There's nothing you can do wrong. You know what? When you leave this world, you're going you're gonna to be cherished forever. You're going to have comfort. You're going to have peace. There's nothing to fear. And uh, you know what? This is nothing other than Satan himself. I'm telling you what, that's what's going on. Uh, Oprah, Oprah says, so, here it is. Oprah says, so, what we all want to know is, did you see God? Dr. Alexander, yes. What's he look like? Is it a he? Dr. Alexander, well, to answer your question briefly, no. God has no gender. In fact, I did not use the word God in my writings for months because the power and the awe of the all-loving, all-powerful deity is beyond any words at all. We're going to debunk that in just a minute, church, so just hang on, all right? We're going. I'm, we're, just hang on. All right, we're going to get there. Oprah, I've always thought that, that there are or could possibly be as many dimensions as we are. You see and experience the realms based upon how you lived. Is there any validity to that? I think there's a lot to that. I mean, the differences come as our brain acts as a filter or veil to affect our memories as we come back into this life. And in fact, I would say that newborns are still freshly from that realm. And now, I don't know what y'all believe about that, but I'm going to tell you what I believe in that Union Grove terms. That's a bunch of hogwash. That's what that is. That's about it. That's, that's a, 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 the biggest bunch of bunk you've ever heard in your life right there. You don't like that. I don't care, man, if you don't like that or not. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Now, you say, preacher, how can you say that? Because I'm getting ready to show you what the Word of God has to say. And so let's talk, about, let's talk about some Bible accounts tonight of actual theophanies, those who had a heavenly vision uh, in the Word of God. Now, several things we notice. Number one, we notice the revelation of the visionary. When I say the revelation of the visionary, I'm talking about that person that saw the Lord, that person that came in contact with the Lord. Uh, when someone really sees God, what's their recollection of his appearance? And there's two things that stand out in the Word of God. When somebody actually had a, a genuine theophany and God met with them, there are two things that stand out. Number one, he is revealed as God. He's revealed as God. Now, we're going to use our Bibles tonight, so real, and we're going to have to be quick because we've got a lot of places to go. So turn over real quickly, if you will, to Daniel chapter 10, and this is really where this uh, Bible study came from anyway. Daniel chapter 10, and look, if you will, at verse number four tonight. Now, Daniel had a, 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 a sincere theophany. God came to Daniel. Daniel chapter 10, and look, if you will, please, at verse number four tonight. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 4. Daniel said, In the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittichel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body also was like the burl. A burl stone, by the way, is yellow, gold. It's a gold color. His body also is like the burl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words 
like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. And so that's Daniel. Daniel had an actual theophany. God came to him, and Daniel gives us his revelation, his recollection of of, of what God looked like. Well, let's compare that to somebody else. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, and look at verse number 12 tonight. Revelation chapter 1. Let's see if these compare to these modern day theophanies that we made mention of just a moment ago. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 12. Now, John, the apostle John's on the Isle of Patmos, a prison island. Uh, there's nothing really there. Nothing grows there. It's just, it's a place that's bare, and he's basically been left there to die, to starve to death. And here John is. Uh, uh, just uh, away from everybody and uh, persecuted, oppressed, and uh, and you know what? You know who God? You know who shows up to John on the Isle of Patmos? God shows up. And look at to Revelation chapter one and verse number twelve. And John said, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet likened to fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance, his face, his countenance, was as the sun shineth in his strength, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Now later on in your devotions, you go back and look up Daniel chapter 10, and then you find Revelation chapter 1 and read those side by side. And you know what? You can tell very carefully that Daniel and John are seeing the same God. Amen. Now, I want you to turn over real quickly if you go to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, and look, if you will, at verse number 1. And the Bible says that God revealed himself to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, and look at verse number 1. And notice notice what Isaiah, the prophet, says. Isaiah 6, verse number 1. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. Look at this. And his train. What's that? That's his, that's the, his robe, the train of his robe. And his train filled the temple. You know what Isaiah saying? Holy. Oh, this God's holy. This God's royal. I mean, this God is high. His train filled the temple. He said, above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings and twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And look at this now. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of 
of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, that's all I'm saying, church. To me, that don't sound like somebody that uh, sat down and had a conversation with God. You know what? Well, you know what? Me and the old man upstairs had us a conversation. That's not what I'm getting from this reading. When I read these these, uh, recollections of real-life scriptural theophanies, you know what I'm finding? I'm finding men that saw God that was high and lifted up and holy and powerful and he was of such that you couldn't even look on him. He was so holy. He was not, well, God friended me on Facebook. Fooly on that, brother. That's not the God that I serve. The God I serve is a God that's powerful and a God that's holy and a God that's almighty. And by the way, he is a God, the Bible says, that is dreadful and terrible. And the, the Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. And uh, the Bible says he's jealous. He's a jealous God. And I'm just, and this is all I'm trying to say tonight, brother. The God that, uh, if you're really saved tonight, the God that saved you is a holy God. He's a holy God. And so we notice, we notice, first of all, we notice he's revealed as God. Number two, though, hey, look at this church. You know what? Whenever somebody has a real theophany, guess what? He's revealed. You know what? A while ago, Dr. Alexander in that Oprah Winfrey interview, he said he called him a deity. You know what? My Bible, he's revealed not only as God, he's revealed as Jesus. Now take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. The, the Jehovah's Witnesses don't like this scripture, but it's in the Bible, amen? Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul is a persecutor of the church, and he's on the Damascus Road, and he's heading down to, to persecute Christians, and, and Paul has a theophany. Acts chapter 9, and verse number, verse number 3, the Bible says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? You know what Paul knew right then? He wouldn't have a conversation with the man upstairs. He acknowledged him as Lord. And he said, who art thou, Lord? Look at this now. And the Lord said... I am who? Jesus. <laughs> I'm Jesus. Let me tell you something, church. God and Jesus are the same. Amen. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was blind. Why? Because of the glory of God. That's why. And so we notice here the revelation of the visionary. Now, number two, next, next of all, and this is, this is really the point that I want to get to tonight. And I think probably this is, this is the key point tonight. Number two, we notice the response of the visionary. Those who... Those who truly see the Lord. You know what's amazing? Go through through Scripture and find them all, and you'll find out that their response is often very similar every single time. And almost every single time that somebody actually meets God, the first thing they do is fall down. They fall down. 
You say, preacher, can you show us? Yeah, absolutely. I want, you to, I want you to go back to go back to Revelation chapter 1 again, if you will. We're going we're gonna to do, do the rewind button here, but this is needful. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 17. And God reveals himself to John on the Isle of Patmos and notice John's response. In verse number 17, John said, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. You know why? You know why God said that? Because John was scared to death. I believe John was shaken. Now I believe God gave him peace. After that, I believe God gave him peace. But I'm just saying this, brother, when John, here John is all by himself on the Isle of Patmos, and when he saw God, it shook him up. And he said, saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Now, go back real quickly to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. And look, if you will, at verse number 4 tonight. We read, again, this is Isaiah's recollection of meeting with the Lord. But I want you to notice Isaiah's response. Often the response is a response of, of a great sense of humility. Isaiah chapter 6 and, and verse number 4. The Bible says, And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Look, look at Isaiah's response. Then said I, Woe is me. You notice there's an exclamation point there. There's passion behind that statement. Isaiah said, Woe is me. For I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You know what Isaiah said? I'm not worthy to be in your presence. I'm unclean, Lord. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. You're so holy and great. I'm not worthy. You, you see where I'm going with that? You see his response when he, when he actually met the Lord? Turn back over to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. And look at verse number 8. We didn't read this a while ago, so this is, this is new scripture. Daniel has a meeting with God. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 8. Find your place, say amen. amen. And Daniel says, Therefore I was left alone. And saw this great vision. Look what he says. And there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption. And I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words. And when I, when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face. And my face toward the what? Toward the ground. You know what happened? Daniel saw God and instantly he went down. Man, he, he, he went to the ground. Now, the, the, only thing I, the only problem I had with this scripture tonight or with this Bible study tonight was I kept thinking, Lord, this isn't very Christmassy. We're getting ready to have Christmas. This isn't really Christmassy. And the Lord said, okay, you want Christmas? Let me show you Christmas. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will. This is brand new. I just put this in at the church tonight. And look, if you will, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're talking about what happens when you, when you really have a meeting with, with God. Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles. And, 
and uh, look, at, if you will, at verse number 8, Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8. Now, you've got to think about this a little bit. For 400 years, God's been silent. <laughs> For 400 years, a prophet hasn't prophesied. For 400 years, God hasn't revealed himself to anybody. It's what we call the silent years from the prophet Malachi until the Christ child is born. For 400 years, it's silent. And all of a sudden, there's these lowly shepherds, poor. Nobody cares about them. They smell like sheep. And here's these lowly shepherds in the field. And guess who gets the message first? Some lowly shepherds. Look what it says, Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. The Bible says in verse number 8, and there we're in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Look what it says. And they had a conversation with the man upstairs. <laughs> hey, God, have you friended me on Facebook? That's not what it says. Amen. The Bible says, and they were sore afraid. Look up that word sore. It means exceeding. Exceeding. You know what? They were shaking in their boots when they saw this heavenly vision. It shook them up. Uh, what, what's your, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, listen, there is always a sense of awe and humility on the part of the one who sees the Lord. Listen to me. These bunch, of, these bunch of crackpots who are trying to make you think that God came and met with them and they had tea together and we, you know, we, we talked about politics and talked about Donald Trump and we talked about the Democrats and the Republicans and we just had us a good old conversation, buddy. You know what? You need to go get you another line of work because you're just, you're not telling the truth because I'm telling you every time I find somebody that actually met with God, you know what happened? They went down. I mean, the, the, the response is the same. It was humility. It was God. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. I'm not worthy to look at you. And, and, and it's humility and it's all. And so we notice here the response. But then last of all tonight, number three, I want you to notice the result of the vision. Or maybe I should have said the result of the vision. The, the, but the result on the visionary. You know what? All who had a genuine experience with God were never the same. Amen. Never the same. So here's the Apostle Paul, persecutor of the church. He's hauling men and women to prison. He's holding the coats of those who stoned the deacon Stephen. But Paul has a theophany or a Christophany. And you know what? All of a sudden he goes from being a persecutor of the church to a preacher of the gospel. We don't have, we don't have the time. Yes, we do. We'll take the time. Take your, take your Bibles real quickly, if you will, and turn to, turn to Joshua tonight. Joshua chapter 5. We notice the result on the visionary. You know what? Whenever they had this meeting with God, it changed them. Changed them. Well, look at Joshua chapter 5 in your Bibles tonight. And here is one of the most powerful leaders in the Word of God, a fellow by the name of Joshua. And uh, you know what? They, they, they tell us that even to this day, they still use the book of Joshua at West Point to teach the cadets there. And, uh, and here's this great general, Joshua. Joshua chapter 5. Here's this mighty, powerful man. And I, and I do believe that Joshua was a powerful man. Amen. I believe he's a great leader. He's the man that took over for Moses. Not anybody could have done that. 
But Joshua chapter 5, verse number 13, the Bible says that it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. In other words, I'm not for either one. But as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? You know what happened, church? Jesus appeared to Joshua. Why do you say, preacher, Jesus didn't come to Bethlehem? Oh, no, Jesus always been. He's always been. And I believe that Jesus appeared to Joshua. And look what happened. The Bible says, And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. Now you say, Preacher, how do you know this is the Lord? I'll tell you one of the ways I know. Because when John was in his revelation, the Bible says an angel came to him and he fell down to worship the angel. And the angel picked him up and said, Don't do that. John, don't worship me. I'm, I'm your brother. Don't worship me. Worship God. But all of a sudden when this when this angel of the Lord, this captain of the host of the Lord appeared to Joshua, the Bible says that Joshua fell on his face and he worshiped. By the way, he never stopped him. Amen. You know why? I believe it was the Lord himself. Yes, sir. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said, what saith, what saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, loose thy shoe, uh, thy, thy shoe from off thy foot for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Here's my point tonight. You know what? Anybody that ever had a real meeting with God was never the same after that. No, man, think about it. Think about it. Think about it like this. Here's Joshua, the great leader, the great soldier, valiant. I mean, here's this, here's this warrior of the faith. And they get ready to go to, to Jericho. And he gets his men all together and he says, All right, fellas, here's, here's the plan. Here's the, here's the strategy. They said, Yes, General Joshua, we're ready. He says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk around the city. One, uh, we're going to walk around the city one time. First day, we're not going to say anything. Nobody's going to make a, a sound. Wait a minute, they had their, their swords all sharpened and their spears were gleaming and their shields were ready. And they thought, say what? He said, we're going to walk around the city. We're going to march around the city and carry the Ark of the Covenant. He said, we're not going to say a word. They said, oh, well, oh okay. Uh, what about second day? Second day, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get the Ark of the Covenant out. We're going to walk around the city. And he said, we're not going to say a word. And the third day, and the fourth day, and the fifth day, and the sixth day. And then on the seventh day, we're going to do it several times. And there were some people that no doubt said, I don't understand this, Joshua. Why are you telling us to do this? And I believe it's because Joshua said, because I learned something on that day in Joshua chapter 5 that I'm really not in charge. There's somebody else in charge. And this is what somebody else in charge told us we're going to do. By the way, God gave the victory. Amen. You see, we noticed the result. Anybody who had a genuine experience with God was never the same. By the way, we can apply that to, the, to salvation. I've never met the Lord physically, but I did meet Him through salvation. Amen. And thank God my life's never been the same. Amen. Now we're done, we're, and we'll finish a little early tonight. Did you know tonight, church, I don't have to have a theophany. Amen. You say, preacher, are you looking for Jesus to, to come in your bedroom? No, I'm not. I don't have to. I don't have to have that. It's not necessary. By the way, not necessary for you either. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. It's not necessary because God speaks to his people through this book right here. 
So I don't need, I, I'm not, somebody says, I'm holding out, I'm waiting. I'm not waiting, he's already spoken. Amen, and so I've got many verses. I'll put one verse on the, on the screen tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, thank God I have a God, although he is holy and awesome and fantastic and terrible and dreadful and amazing. Somehow, I can't understand it, but somehow he'll speak to little old me. And he does, through, does so through his, through his precious words. Now, now, look over, if you will, quickly, and we're done. We're done tonight. Look over at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 16 tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. The Bible says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We could give you Isaiah 55, 11. We could give you Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. This is all I'm saying. We don't have to have a theophany or a Christophany. We've got it right there. Amen. Jesus said, I am the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so every day, boy, what a blessing. Every single day, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Father, Thank you for this time we've had together tonight. And Father, thank you that I don't need to have a physical meeting with you. You've given me your physical word, your book. And every day you're so faithful, just as you did today, to speak to my heart. Father, maybe there's someone here tonight. As we get ready to, to go into this brand new year, 2020, maybe there's someone here tonight. They've been waiting for that theophany or that Christophany. And tonight, maybe they need to say, Lord, I'm done waiting on that, but I'm going to start getting in the Word of God. And I want you to start speaking to my heart through your precious book. Father, I pray that you help us to know what we believe. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings tonight. I'm not trying to be critical just for the sake of being critical of any, anybody. But Lord, I do believe the Bible answers these hard questions. And God, I pray that you'd help us to know what we believe. I pray you'll bless in the invitation. God, it could be there may be somebody here tonight that needs to know Christ. They need to be saved. They're not on their way to heaven. They're on their way to hell tonight. And they need to be saved. I pray tonight would be the night that they would come to Jesus. Help them to come. We'd love to take the Bible and show them how to be saved. Maybe there's someone here tonight, Lord, that needs to rededicate their life to Jesus. And God, tonight would be a great night to do that. Have your way in the, in the invitation, please. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The pianists will play. And if you need to come, listen, the altar's open tonight.
just come on and do business with the Lord this evening.